Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. morning I want to share with you the importance of God's word the importance of being rooted in God's word and so before we get into that let's just pray father we thank you for this morning Lord we thank you for the privilege and the honor to come into your house to worship you to celebrate who you are and Lord I pray that as we turn to your word that you open our hearts you open our ears to hear from you I ask you Jesus to hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words speak through me today We pray for life transformation, not just in the people in this room, but the people online, and Lord, in our own hearts. Change our hearts, Lord, to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 16, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. And we love the thought of it being for teaching. We want to teach. We want to train. We want to grow in our righteousness. But when we read the word of God, I grow the most. I train the most. And I receive the greatest teaching when he corrects me. And when he rebukes me. And that's when we grow and when we're strengthened. And we have to understand the power of the word of God. That when he left this for us, he left it for you, he left it for me. This is how he speaks to us. Francis Chan, he wrote a few books, but in his book, Multiply, he says this. When we talk about the Bible, we're actually talking about something that the all-powerful, all-knowing, transcendent God decided to write to us. What could be more important? I want you just to think about that for a minute. Because if you have grown up in the church, or you've been a Christian for a while, you know that this is God's word. And you know that he is all-powerful, that he's all-knowing. And that he decided to write this to us, to me, to you. And then the last line, his question, what could be more important? Now, every Christian in the room, every righteous person in the room, your answer immediately in your head is nothing. Nothing. And then I follow up with the question, if it's nothing, How many of us read it daily? Well, Chad, that's an unfair question. We had this as a simple answer that is the most important thing in our lives. And we know that's the answer. Now you're getting personal. But how many of us know that our actions speak louder than words? I know, there's no amens on that one. But we know it. We know it. But do we understand it? 
Do we stop and think, even for a second, that what you're holding on to, God wrote it for you. I don't even want you to think about the person beside you. God wrote it for you. He wrote it for me. You know how when you open up a book and the author right in the first couple pages, he says who he dedicates the book to and a lot of times they write it to their family or their spouse or supports people around them. You have to realize that God wrote this for you. Francis Chaney goes on and he says this. Think of how you would respond to hearing a voice from heaven speaking directly to you. We should approach the Bible with the same reverence. We think of in the Bible when people are walking along the road or, or we hear that they met with God and, and Moses met on a mountain and he saw God. And his face was changed. How much would we listen if all of a sudden you were walking and you were praying and you just heard a voice from heaven? This is God. How many of you would quickly go, I'm listening. This is his word for you. I know that if I heard such a clear voice that I knew it was God speaking, it was such a a powerful reference, I would immediately block out all distractions. I would turn off all notifications. I might actually power down my phone just to sit and listen. And you know the crazy thing? How many of us, if we're in that moment, if you're sitting quietly and you know it's the voice of God speaking to you, how many of you would care how long it was. How many of us would sit there and just realize, I'm going to wait a little longer. I'm going to wait a little longer. What distractions would you eliminate quickly so you could hear him speak clearly? Would removing those same distractions now help you in reading his word and spending time with him? So why do we read God's word? Why read his word? Hebrews 4, 12, it says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word is living and active. If you invite the Holy Spirit into your time of reading his word, it will become living and active. That's why if you read in a paper Bible or if you read and highlight on your phone, have you ever read a scripture verse and see that you've, or you're reading a chapter and you see spots that you have underlined? And then as you're reading through it, all of a sudden you hit a part that's not underlined. And it just jumps out at you. And my first thought all the time is, how did I not underline this earlier? 
How did I miss this? His word is living and active, and he will speak to you through the scriptures when the time is right. And in one moment, this verse stands out. In the next moment, this verse stands out. And it's not that you missed something, but you needed it now. And the Holy Spirit brings it to light. It's living and active. He reveals things to you. It judges your thoughts and attitudes. Maybe this is why some of us don't want to read it. I know this is the part that frustrates me. I like reading all the nice verses that are encouraging and have promises and corrects other people. Anybody ever felt like as you're reading the scriptures, you've ever been sucker punched by God? Anybody? You're in a tough situation with somebody or, or a tough scenario and you're like, I'm going to read this so God shows me how to deal with this person. And then you read it, and God shows you how to deal with the person in the mirror. Because it judges our thoughts and our attitudes. See, it's not my responsibility to judge others' actions. It's not my responsibility to judge your actions or your thoughts. It's, it's God's. And I have to trust Him and leave it with Him, the same as you do. But as you read the word and study it, it will bring change. It will bring change to your heart. It will bring change to your mind and the way you think and the way you see and the way you see people. It will change you. See, I truly believe this, and I heard a pastor say it once, that when you accept Jesus into your life, you don't actually give anything up to serve him. But the closer you get to him, more and more or less important are other things. So as I draw close to God and I understand his love for me, and as he corrects me and as he directs me, other things seem just less important. And we don't do it anymore. And it's not even really a sacrifice because it's just not important. I challenge you that if you hear this message today and you actually put it into practice, that you will not be the same person six months from now that you are today for the better. God will just work in your heart and he will speak to you and he will direct you and he will lead you. So what is in your heart? What's in your heart? Luke 6 44 to 45, it says, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, if there's something that I want to stop doing, if there's something I want to stop saying, I actually need God to work on my heart. I need God to fill my heart. I need him to touch my heart. I need him to, as David says, create in me a new heart. 
I wish there was scripture that supported the idea of my response to you is your fault. But it doesn't. I'm responsible for my actions. Do you know that Jesus actually tells us to turn the other cheek? And I know when we read that, we're like, well, let's study that in the original context. I don't think he actually meant, I don't think he means stand up for yourself either. I don't think he means argue and debate. We need to hold ourselves accountable. And when we study the word and when the word gets in us, it changes our heart. And maybe some of you in the room, you just need to hear this. You can change. Maybe some of you just need to hear that. You can change. You have the ability. I had somebody in my late teens tell me that, Chad, this is just who you are. You'll never change. And that stuck with me for a very long time. But do you know that the Spirit actually tells us that it will give us self-discipline. Fruit of the Spirit is self-discipline, self-control. I'll tell you one thing I stopped doing just a little while ago, about a year ago maybe a year and a half, and it's really helped me understand that I actually can be a disciplined person. I stopped biting my nails. I know some of you in the room immediately are like, that's gross. And that's okay, that's fine. It's not my toenails, it's just my fingers. Right? See, now the fingers don't feel so bad. Right? Now everybody's like, he's totally okay. I'm just not flexible enough. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. But no, I stopped chewing my nails. Once in a while, I might catch myself. But I stopped chewing my nails. And now, every time I look at my hands, do you want to know what it tells me? That I can change. It's something so small. But it reminds me every day that I can change. And that nobody can force me to do anything. I'm actually responsible for my own actions. I can actually choose not to chew my nails. I can actually choose not to get angry at you. I can actually choose not to respond in a way that's not right. That's actually on me. I needed to own it. And change. I needed to own the fact that my responses to you are my own. And the more that the God, the more that I'm in God's word, the more that it changes my heart and out of my mouth comes what's in my heart. See, the psalmist writes in Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What's in your heart? What comes out of your heart? See, we're shown again and again through Scripture that if we fill ourselves with the Word of God, it actually will help us not to sin. Chad, I just have this struggle in my life. I just can't stop. I've tried everything. Have you tried a continuous relationship with the Lord where you're in His Word daily? Maybe multiple times. If you know the word, you know right from wrong. It renews your mind. 
Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're looking for direction in your life, that's what this book is for. The closer you are to God, the more you'll hear his voice, the more he can direct you, the more you can follow in his steps. The only thing that is when you're following God, if you're like me, I wish he wasn't a lamp, I wish he was a spotlight. But a lamp really just shines in a little bit of an area. And every time you take a step, it'll shine a little bit farther, but you won't see farther again until you take another step. And you won't see farther again until you take another step. Every step that you'll take will show you more of God's plan. But if you stay flat-footed and asking Him to show you, He's waiting for you to take a step. And it is a step of faith. And as we continue to walk, He'll continue to show you. It's every little step. It's every moment in the Word. The Word corrects us and it guides us. This book will have the answers you are looking for if you're willing to wait. If you're willing to meditate on it, if you're willing to sit in his presence. God will spur you on. He will encourage you. He will speak to you through his word. Just this week, I've been reading his word and it was spurring me on and, and helping me even more in self-discipline and, and convicting me of what I, can and what I can do and what I think that I can't. And as I was wrestling through this one morning, a friend of mine just texted me randomly. And I read his text, and, and I could tell that it was a text that he had written out but sent to a bunch of different people. And it was talking about, really, the only limit to my capacity is me. And I was working with God on my self-discipline, and then I get this text about capacity. I was like, you know what? No. I'm not doing this. So I called him. And I said, your text really kind of kicked me, so I want to ask you a question. And I said, you're telling me that my limit of capacity is myself, God's dealing me with self-discipline, so you tell me one thing that you do to help you with self-discipline. Which I was expecting kind of a heavy question, right? I don't know about you, but if somebody said to me, Chad, what's one thing you do in your self-discipline that really helps you? I would be like, ooh, i got to think about that. This guy was not nice. He immediately went, oh, that's no problem. I can tell you right now. He goes, Chad, every morning I get up at 4, 4.30. I didn't want to listen anymore. It's like, nope, not for me. And he said this. He goes, Chad, when I wake up between 4 and 4.30, I spend time with God. And then I exercise. I'm like, I'm done. He goes, I have enough time to spend time with the Lord, and then I exercise, then I have breakfast, and then I have a shower, and then guess what I do? I'm like, you sleep? He's like, no, I spend more time with God before anybody else is up. If we know this is God's word, and we know that there's nothing more important than it, what stops us from getting deeper into his word? And as I talked to my friend, I felt very convicted that the only thing that stops me is late night TV, which does nothing for me. Watching Netflix and binging and staying up and, and watching whatever going, 
I'm not tired when really I'm tired. And then because I'm tired but I won't go to bed, I'm too tired to wake up and spend time with the Lord like he does. And I'm like, man, if I spent as much time as he does, what would God be saying to me? Because I know what God is saying now, but what would he say if I just spent more time? See, we want more of God, but we won't give him more of us. Sorry. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. I want more of God, but I have a hard time giving him more of me. I won't pull you into my circle. But I have a feeling I'm not the only one in the room. That our heart's desire is more of him. I want to know more of him. But God, can you squeeze it into the two or three minutes? And God says, you want more of me. Just so you're aware, I want more of you. I want more of you. And he's spurring us on. Because Psalms 18.30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. So here we are again where his, his word is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. And so you're looking for direction. You're looking for change in your life. It's in his word. You're in a tough situation where you're like, I just chat. I'm not sure what to do. I really just need protection. I need somebody to, to comfort me. His word, he is our shield, our protection, and our refuge. If we stay in his word and we stay close to him and follow it, he will protect you. He will protect me. It will keep us from harm. John 8, 31 to 32, it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The more you know this, the more you know his truth, the freer you will feel, the freer life will be. See, if we allow his word to judge us and correct us, we will live differently. And that's what will set us apart. That's what will draw people to a relationship with him. And that's how people will know that we're his disciples because we live differently. Pastor Carlos said it last week, why would somebody want to join a community that's the same as theirs? We're supposed to be different. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. His word will make us have a heart like his, and it's a heart of love. See, God doesn't just love people. The scriptures tell us that God is love. Francis Chaney writes, we should be motivated by a desire to know God, to be changed by his word, and to love and serve the people around us. We should be motivated by a desire to know God. What motivates you each day? 
what drives you. Is it to know God or is it success in the world? What drives you? What feeds you? Matthew 4, 3 to 5 says, the tempter, comes, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What are you feeding on? The importance of being in God's word. We read his word to know him. We read his word to be changed. And by reading his word, it will cause you to love and serve the people around you. So I challenge you today to make a plan to start being rooted in his word today. So I want you to answer these questions. I want you to think about them. I want you to write them down as I say them. Hold yourself accountable. When will you read his word daily? When will you? Pick a time that you know is going to work every day. When will you read his word daily? Where will you read it? Where will you read his word? Where's going to be that special spot that you know that you're setting aside? When I sit here, I'm reading God's word. I'm spending time with him. And then make the decision. What will you read? What will you read? Where will you start? If you're not sure where to start, I will recommend to you that you plug into Right Now Media to find a devotional or the Version Bible app. And find a devotional to read along. And I would encourage you to actually try doing a reading plan with someone else. Do a reading plan with a friend or a family member. So that you grow together. And then also by doing it together, there's accountability. There's accountability in that. That's why we encourage you to even join a small group. It's not because... We want small groups. It's because it's healthy and right for you. Because if you join a small group and you're connected to other people, you will grow spiritually. But a healthy small group, a healthy group becomes a support system for you in your life. That when you're going through a hard time, you have Christians around you, friends around you who love Jesus, who know that they pray, and they will lift you up. That's why you should join a small group. So you have Christians around you. There's accountability. So when will you read his word? Where will you read his word? What are you going to read? Let's pray. Father, as we understand your word, and we understand that you wrote it for us, you've put it here on earth for us, that, Lord, it will be here for us to change our hearts, to change our lives. Lord, help us to get it into us. Help us to read it, Lord, to set aside time for you so that we can know you, Lord, that it can change us, and, Lord, that it will motivate us to see people through your eyes, to love and to serve them, that, 
Lord, you'll change our heart, that the words that come out of our heart will be loving and true. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to continue to press into us, to spur us on, to spend time with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us online. We hope that we can be outside next week, and we hope to have a great time baptizing new believers. But I want to encourage you to go today. Decide on a time where you're going to read the Word of God. Set up a place in your home. Ask your spouse for help. Hey, when I'm sitting in this chair, I'm going to ask you not to bother me because I actually am going to be reading God's word. And encourage one another. Spur one on each other on so that you may hear from God and it can change your heart. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.